Hey friends, this is Jeff and Gary Rayburn. I got my partner alongside of me. Hi, my name's Fred Mooney. I'm excited to be here on the Channel 21 conference line. Yeah, we've got a program tonight that we recorded on our conference line, and we're going to invite you to come join us every week on Thursday nights on our conference line, and you can hear messages like this one that you're going to listen to on tonight's program. What time's it start, Gary? Well, let's see. If we're East Coast, it'll be 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. Central time, where we're located, it's 5 p.m. Rocky Mountain time is 4 p.m. What about that West Coast out there? You mean California, eh? Yeah. That'd be 3 p.m. Yeah, we've got a couple of great chaplains out there in California, and they tune in at 3 p.m. every Thursday and join us right here on our conference line. Now, what's that phone number? The phone number is 727-731-5062. That is 727-731-5062. Thursday nights at 6 p.m. and no access code needed. So you're invited to join us each week right here on Channel 21 Ministries conference line. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's the lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey Friends, the road is my life, and I got my partner with me, Fred Mooney. And the road is my life as well, and I am so glad to be here, and I'm glad to be a Christian. You know, God looked beyond my faults and saw my need. Hey, you're talking about a Joe Arview song right now. Let's play it. Amazing grace, 
shall always be my song of praise For it was grace that brought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so He looked beyond my fault and saw my need I shall one of our great partners here at Lonesome Road Ministry. And speaking of great partners, we've got a message on today's program from my great partner, Fred Mooney. Gary, I'd like to hear another Joe Arview song. I think that's a great idea, Fred. What would you like to hear? I like that rainbow song. Uh, Where the Rainbow Begins. That's a great song. That's my favorite Joe Arview song. Mine too. Well, let's play it for our listeners. Here's Joe Arview. I found myself on a walkway, but I couldn't help but run. Driving my life in the fast lane Not far ahead of the gun I take a pill to get up in the morning And the whiskey got me to bed 
Never thought I'd ever see forty. All I've been through, guess I should be dead. I was searching for a life full of profit. When I heard from a prophet of old. I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold I was searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow began Always told me trust Jesus. I'd tell him he was just a man, and I was hell bent to be a free bird, to fly away and never land. Mama was right about Jesus He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life He walked through hell to free us I've walked through hell to find his life Searching for a life full of profit When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold Searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow begins Yes, I found where the rainbow begins Where the Rainbow Begins. I love that song, and I love listening to my partner, Fred Mooney, preach God's Word. Well, thank you very much, Gary. I really appreciate, I feel honored and humbled all at the same time to have the opportunity here to speak to this amazing group of people. I really, really appreciate all your efforts that's going forth to share the gospel, the good news. Uh, I'm going to say a little prayer here, and then I can get started, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Help me to be the pipe that you'd flow through tonight, Heavenly Father. I pray for your anointing that I may speak and that my mind would work right and my tongue would work right, and this message would go forth, Heavenly Father, and it would accomplish its goal of bringing others into the kingdom. And all these things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And thank you so much. You know, coming up as a child in the church, I heard a lot of really good preachers and a lot of good old timers. And several of them had a saying, and the saying went like this. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And it kind of perplexed me the first time I heard it. And I thought, well, I'm going to look into this. Well, later on, Gary here, several years later, like 
probably 60 years later, Gary asked me to preach, and anytime he asked me to preach or anybody asked me, the first thing I do is I pray, and I get one or two words from the Lord, and I run with it. Now, I'm, like, I'm not like some of you folks. I know some of you, you get paragraphs and books from the Lord. I just get a sentence at the very best. And that's what he gave me was this right here. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. I think this is a very, very important message for the day that we live in today. I did some research on a Gallup poll that was taken in July 2023 about America. It says 69% believe in angels, 67% believe in heaven. 59% believe in hell and the devil. 74% of Americans believe in God. Now this was taken in July of 2023 by the Gallup poll. And I, reading that, I realized one thing. Today in America, we have 26% of the people that don't even believe in God. Now there's another poll I come across that was taken by Billy Graham in 1983. In 1983, 86 people believed that there were a hell and a devil, and 93% people in America believed in God. Now you can see we have slipped or slid a long ways from there. And I've got another statistic I would like to share with you. And that is, I have a statistic of my own. One out of one die. <laughs> Everyone dies sooner or later. Nobody gets out alive. And the Bible confirms this in Psalms twenty-two twenty-nine. It says, All that that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. In Hebrews nine twenty-seven, it says, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. In Ecclesiastes, it says, For the living know that they shall die. Everybody who dies will either go to heaven or hell to exist in eternal peace or torment. Thus, hell to shun and heaven to gain. You know, Jesus had a whole lot to say about hell. In fact, Jesus mentioned hell more than he did heaven. He mentioned it 55 times. In Matthew 10, 28, and this is Jesus' words, he said, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body. In Mark 9 and 43, he says, If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter into life maimed than to having two hands and go into hell into a fire that shall never be quenched. Now I want to talk to you about that in a minute. He said, a fire that never shall be quenched. That's a, that's a long time, never. Have you ever really been burnt? Two years ago, I tore the meniscus in my knee, and I had to go to the, had to go to the hospital. But the problem was, a couple of days before that, my wife had taught me, it talked me into wearing a pair of shorts to mow our grass in. And we've got about six acres we mow. And that was not a very smart thing for me to do because I ended up with second-degree burns. So I went to the hospital with my bad knee, and all they wanted to do was talk about this severe sunburn. Well, as severe as that was, it is nothing compared to what hell's going to be like. And let's look and see if we can get a biblical picture of hell. Now, one thing you've got to take in mind, hell was never created for me or you. It was never created for us. In fact, Jesus spoke as hell as being a place that prepared for the devil and his angels. In Matthew 25 and 41, it says, Then shall he say unto them on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, Prepared, prepared for the devil and his angels. We have an excellent illustration in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. It's a vivid account that illustrates the reality of hell as a place of torment and separation. Now this is, uh, this is a little lengthy text, 
but uh, I believe the word's good for us. In Luke 16, verses 19 through 31, verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Now let's think about this. He was a rich man, and the reason why I know he's a rich man, he was clothed in purple. Now only, only royalty had purple back in those days because the dye made to make purple with was very expensive. It took thousands of sea snails to make just one ounce of purple dye. They would take seawater and boil it down the big old cauldron to get this purple dye. In fact, in biblical times, an ounce of purple dye was actually worth more than an ounce of gold. So last night I did some research and I found out that you can actually buy an ounce of writ dye off of Amazon's website for $4.95 and you can have it delivered right to your door. However, the spot gold price today for an ounce was $1,950. Things has changed quite a bit. I was sharing this with my granddaughter and she said, well, Papa, you got to realize, said uh, they don't get their dye the same way that they did in Bible times. <laughs> I believe things have changed. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. Now, I know we're not used to seeing beggars in the United States. The first time I ever seen a true-to-life beggar was in the Philippines, and it just really shocked me to see somebody begging for a living. But this poor guy here, Lazarus, he was laid at the rich man's gate full of sores. And he was designed to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Did you catch that? He was carried by angels into Abraham's bosoms. He had angels for pallbearers. And the rich man also died, and he was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between you, us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, Thou have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Now, Revelations 20 and 10 provides an account of what will happen to the devil and his followers. In Revelations 20 and 10, it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into a lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. There's that word again, forever. Revelations 20, 14 and 15 explains what will happen to those whose names are not written in the book of life. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I believe we have a pretty good picture of what hell is. This is why our job as Christians are so important. 
Chaplains, we have the most important work to do. We need to share the good news whenever, wherever, and to whoever. Now let's talk about heaven, my favorite subject, heaven to gain. Let's see what heaven is like. First of all, it's called the Father's house. God's the Father's house. In John 14 and 2, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. It's also called a beautiful city. Revelations 21 and 2 And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I really like this. It's called a place of light. Think about that. You won't have any need for lights. And you won't have any night. Therefore, you won't need to sleep, will you? Revelations 22 and 5 says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. There's that forever word again, forever and ever. And here is my favorite part of heaven, a place of peace among all creation. You know, I am one guy that loves peace. That's my, that's my favorite thing to tell you the truth, is peace. I do not like stress, and I do not like war. In Isaiah 11 and 6, it says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf with the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. In Isaiah 2 and 4, and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations, neither shall they learn war no more. Now that's probably my favorite part of this right here. Neither shall they learn no more. Now one thing I want to take a sidebar here for a minute and tell you I'm, I'm a Vietnam veteran if you'd cut me, I would believe red, white, and blue. I'm a true patriot. I went to Vietnam, but I didn't go there because I wanted to go there. I graduated high school in 1968, and for our class trip, they were sending us to Vietnam. I had enough friends that had come back in body bags to know that I didn't want to go to Vietnam. So I thought the best thing I could do when I got my draft notice was I joined the United States Navy. But as a result, I end up going anyway on two different aircraft carriers. The wonderful thing about that is I met Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior aboard the USS Ranger. But I've, I've seen what war is, and I know what war is like, and I, I love this right here where it says, Neither shall they learn war anymore. Be no war in heaven. Revelations 21 and 4 says, And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Think about that. No more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. You know, pain will make a person do a lot of different things. I've always said if a person's had enough pain, they'll go to a witch doctor, you know it? No pain. There'll be no pain in heaven. Think about that. I learned one thing in my short 75 years is the fact that uh, when you get older, becoming a senior citizen isn't for sissies. And you get to, you, I have get used to some pain when you get up in the mornings. But I praise God for the shape I'm in. For my age and my size, I am in excellent shape. Let's look at the next part of this. And this here just knocks my socks off. Revelations 21, 21 says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. And several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, 
as it were, transparent glass. Now think about that, a pearl big enough to make a gate out of. Do you know what kind of oyster I'd have to come out of? Oh, man, that would be one big oyster, I'm here to tell you. I don't know if you're a fisherman, but I'll tell you what, if you was an oyster hunter, that would be one big oyster, wouldn't it? Now, let's review this, what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be God, the Father's house, a beautiful city, a place of light, a place of peace among all creation, and it's also going to be a place of reward. In Matthew 25 and 34, it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1, 4 says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. We got a reward reserved in heaven for us. Now we've talked about Hell, and we've talked about heaven. How do we make heaven our eternal home? Jesus said in John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Chaplains, we must point them to Jesus Christ, God's only Son. How are we saved? Let's look at John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. What a gift, salvation. What do you got to do? You got to receive it. Plain and simple, believe and receive. In closing, I would like to say, there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Now, my good friend, Gary Rayburn and partner in this ministry, I heard him uh, read this. Uh, one time when he, when he was preaching at Orchardville Church, and I thought it was so good that I decided I would do likewise, especially since I'm talking to people that's in the army of God tonight, to you chaplains. Uh, you know, they say uh, copying somebody, imitation, is actually the highest form of flattery. So I think uh, I'm, I'm uh, trying to not only lift you up and lift the Lord up, but I also am so appreciative of Gary Rayburn for all the hard work he does. So I'm going to read this. I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Spirit is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by far. I am a volunteer in this army and am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I'm not a baby. I do not mean to be Pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, pepped up, for I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I'm not a wimp. I'm in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flyers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. 
I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered for. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all my need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from his battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army, and I am marching claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier, marching heaven bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? And with that, I would like to close with this thought. And that is, we have hell to shun and heaven to gain. And I want to thank Gary so much for this opportunity. I would like to go over these statistics one more time to give you some sort of idea of what's going on in America. 69% of people in America believe in angels. 67% believe in heaven. 59% believe in hell and the devil. And 74% believe in God, which means today in America, we have 26% of the people of the population that does not believe in God. You know, there was a time in America where you could stand on any street corner and ask anybody that walked by, do you believe in God? And 99.9% .9 of the people would say, yes, I believe in God. I found out an interesting thing. Billy Graham did this same survey in 1983, and 93% of Americans believed in God, and 86% of Americans believed that there was a devil and a literal hell. Now, we have really slid because there's 26% in America that don't believe in God today. Now, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a considerable number. And that was according to a Gallup poll in Tech of July of this year, 2023. And you know, I would not be doing my job as a Christian if I didn't give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And it's just as easy as receiving a gift. You say, Dear Jesus, save my soul. And if you mean that in your heart and you pray that, you let us know, and we would love to send you some information. And I want to thank Gary so much for allowing me to do this. When my way groweth drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is on most gone Hear my cry Hear my call Hold my hand Lest I fall Take my hand Precious Lord Lead me home Precious Lord Take my hand Let me stand I am tired I am weak I am warm Through the storm Through the night Lead me on To the light Take my hand Precious Lord Lead me
near And the night draweth near And the day is past and gone At the river I stand Guide my feet Hold my hand Take my hand Precious Lord, lead me home Precious Lord, take my hand Lead me home Let me stand I am tired I am weak I am warm Through the storm Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me home. I'll tell you, Fred, I just love... Joe Arview's music, and when he does an old song like Precious Lord, Take My Hand, man, I tell you, he just does such a wonderful job on not only songs that he's written, but songs that other people's written. You know, there's something that really interested me, and it reminds me of a time when Joe come in here to the studio, and he shared a story about that old song, I've Decided to Follow Jesus. And I found that very interesting. I remember Joe coming in here and talking about that song, I Have Decided. Let's just invite Joe in the studio with us again right now and let him share that uh, story through this clip that we have. I believe that's a great idea. I'm going to talk about a 150-year-old song. So this, this missionary, 150 years ago, and by the way, i got to hold my hand up and say most of what I'm going to tell you is accurate. Because <laughs> when I tell a story, sometimes I don't remember details accurately. But this is the gist of the story. 150 years ago, a man went to India and he preached. He was a missionary. And he preached and he preached and he preached and no one received him. He was in a Muslim territory. And he had no converts. And he decided that he had missed God. And so he decided to go, to go home. And just about the time he made that decision, one man came to Christ, converted. One man and his family. And so he, he goes ahead and leaves and goes home and leaves this man. A man happened to be a songwriter, and he wrote a song, and he preached the gospel to the people in his community. And he preached the gospel. And the people in the community were really irritated by this guy. Such, to such a degree that they called the, the chief of the tribe community, called an assembly. And they bring this man and his family before the whole assembly community. And they, the chief says to the man, now we don't want anything bad to happen to you, but you're going to have to denounce this Jesus you're preaching. And so the man says, well, and he sings the first verse. And it goes like this. I have decided <laughs> to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Well, this infuriates the chief, and he calls, uh, he makes the order, and they shoot his children, and they behead his wife. And it, the story says, while the children lay uh, uh, twitching on the ground, the chief says, what say you now? And he sings the second verse. 
Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Well, he knows he's next. And so he sings then the third verse. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. And sure enough, they kill him. And it sounds like a sad story, but what happens is the tribe chief goes home and he can't sleep. He tosses and turns, and he finally decides there must be something to this. No man in his right mind would give up his whole family and his life for, some, for nothing. Calls out to God and says, if you're real, let this Jesus come into my heart. The old chief gets saved that night. The next day he begins to preach about Jesus. The whole community comes to Christ wonderful story. I've been on the mountain with Jesus. I've been in the valley so low. But not one time has he ever failed me when to him with my burdens I go he found me when I was so lonely he found me when I was so blue he found me when no me and I did not know just what to do so let me walk with you Jesus don't ever leave me alone for without you I just
Let me walk with you, Jesus. What a great song by Joe Arview. And you know, talking about great songs by Joe Arview, Joe has written a new song about America. As you all know, I am a patriot, and I would love to hear Joe's song about America. Here is Joe's new song, That's America. Little house, wife and kids We go to church where I grew up Live by that holy book It's what we love That's America I go to work and draw my check Then come Monday, eight months left I do it cause I believe That's the thing God meant for me in America We work for Jesus Hey, that's America Red, white, and blue That's America If you've enjoyed what you heard and you would like to talk to Lonesome Road Ministries, give Gary a call at 618-383-2107. That's 618-383-2107. Call today. Or you can log on to our website, lonesomeroad.org. We would love to hear from you. 
And that phone number that Fred gave you, you can also text me your mailing address. We'd love to get you on our mailing list and send you some of these every month out there on the road. And remember this, friends, Jesus loves you. And we We do do too. We'll talk at you later. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those eighteen wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past But I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Fred well we enjoyed this ride today and what a great message Fred preached and you can hear great messages like this 24 hours a day seven days a week on lonesomeroadradio.com or you can download it from your phone on your app store we would love for you to tune in to Lonesome Road Radio as you travel that old lonesome road